Hello and welcome to the Idaho Reports podcast for January 4th. I'm Melissa Davlin. In December, the newly formed Mountain States Policy Center released the results of a public policy survey they conducted in November. Here to discuss those results as well as the center's legislative priorities is Chris Cargill, president of the Mountain States Policy Center. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Melissa. Real quick, can you give us an overview of the this newly formed Public Policy Center for people who aren't familiar with you? Sure. Um, a Mountain States Policy Center is an independent uh, free market think tank. So if people have heard of groups like the Heritage Foundation or the Brookings Institute or the American Enterprise Institute, of course, those are on a national scale. We're similar to one of those type of groups, only we're on a, a regional scale and based here in the state of Idaho. And what we do is cover public policy issues ranging from agriculture to education, government uh, reform issues, budgeting, taxes, transparency, uh, healthcare, transportation. Uh, those those are really our key uh, uh, focus areas and our, key, our core of what we do at, at MSPC. We don't get into the social issues. There are plenty of other organizations that do that, and that's not to say that uh, they're not important. They certainly are. But uh, in terms of what we cover at Mountain States Policy Center, it's more economic related. Uh, and our slogan, as you know, Melissa, is free markets first. And, and what we mean by that is that uh, it should be the free market that we're trying uh, to solve some of these problems uh, before any government solution is is tried. So uh, we've been very lucky to receive so much support uh, in our first six months. We uh, officially got launched uh, in October, but filed our paperwork uh, way back in May. And since then, we've just had enormous success. So I'm really excited about our future. And already you've come out with this public policy survey. You mostly focused on the budget, government transparency, education, and taxes in those questions. What were the big takeaways for you? Yeah, we decided at the beginning of this process that every couple of years we wanted to introduce uh, a, a poll into the field. And the, the reason for that, obviously, is you know, Melissa, is that the people are in charge of, of the legislature. It's, it's the people's priorities that should be paramount when it comes to the legislative session. So uh, we worked with Boise-based GS Strategy Group and, and put together a poll that we're going to do every other uh, December. Um, and maybe eventually every December if, if we have the funding to do that. But uh, in the short term, we'll do every other December uh, in the even numbered years to uh, give us really a sense of what people are, are thinking uh, leading up to the legislative session. So as you mentioned, we talked about uh, taxes. We asked about budgeting and education freedom and transportation uh, priorities and, and transparency and really got um, I feel like a, a good sense of what the people of the state are thinking. The poll was conducted right after the November election, so November 12th through 17th. Uh, we had 400 respondents across the state with a margin of error of 4.9% uh, uh, plus or minus. So, um, you know, it's that, that's a little bit of a high margin of error, but at the same time, uh, it, it at least gives you some information as to what uh, what the citizens are thinking. And I think just the overall... Um, take that I had uh, from it, Melissa, is that most folks think the state uh, is doing the right thing in terms of uh, government priorities and, and spending priorities and tax cutting priorities. Uh, there's a little bit of confusion about what exactly education choice or school choice is, which we'll talk about, of course, as well. Um, but I think for the most part, um, not, not overall a huge surprise. 
Um, other than if you really start to dig deep into the party uh, affiliation and the the regions, how some of the regions, the Boise area, the Idaho Falls area, the Twin Falls area, the Coeur d'Alene area responded to some of these questions. I was really curious about that because I think a lot of people when they're looking at the breakdown of these surveys focus of course on the ideological differences in answers and also on age and sex, but when it comes to this poll, did anything stand out to you when it came to those geographical differences or were Idahoans fairly consistent across the board regardless of where they were in the state? Yeah, one one of the um, uh, data points really shocked me and that was uh, the data point regarding uh, education choice uh, issues. So we went in and asked um, uh, folks specifically uh, whether they had heard of school choice and 35% had not heard of school choice. And I think that that's an important uh, point because you and me and and others who are kind of wonkish, we cover these things every day. And so we think, well, how in the world have you not heard of school choice or education choice? Well, people are busy, you know, they, they're running their business, they're running their kids to soccer practice. They don't really have time uh, to really get into the nitty gritty of legislation. So the fact that 35% of folks in our state have never heard of school choice was somewhat surprising to me. When you ask um, folks who have heard of it, if you have a favorable or unfavorable opinion, uh, it's uh, four to one favorable, which is not necessarily a surprise. I, what I've learned is that the more that people learn about education choice, the, the more that they like it. But when you get into the question, Melissa, specifically about uh, education savings accounts and whether you would support allowing parents to have um, some of the funds that, that go into public ed education follow the student. Um, what was remarkable to me is that there's support for that in the Boise area, the Idaho Falls area, the Twin Falls area, but there's opposition to that in North Idaho, which I, I found a little bit shocking. I mean, it was a minus 10 in North Idaho as compared to, to other areas. Now, predictably, on the party um, affiliation, um, Democrats don't support that. It's 2367 in terms of those who support and don't. Uh, Republicans do support it and independents support it slightly. But in terms of the breakdown, I was really surprised to see North Idaho uh, be opposed and yet the Boise area be in favor. I thought it would have been the exact opposite. One of the other things I noticed with North Idaho, too, was there was slightly less support there for streaming or recording government meetings. And that was another thing that really surprised me, um, considering the high level of participation we've seen in a lot of those meetings up in North Idaho. But you touch on a really interesting point, which is it's so easy for us to get in this public policy bubble. And we forget that the conversations that we're having sometimes pretty intensely are not on the radar of the average Idahoan, knowing what you know now and keeping the, in mind that there are so many different school choice proposals between education savings accounts and, and vouchers, would you ask that question differently or add other proposals to get people's reactions with, with the details of various proposals? Oh, ab yeah, absolutely. And I think that that question in particular that you're referring to, Melissa, on the the education savings accounts. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you want to read the poll, you can go to mountainstatespolicy.org and just search for Idaho poll up in the upper right hand corner. But that question specifically, uh, Melissa says, 
there's a proposal to give parents control of that money through an education savings account. This would allow parents to take all of the state funding. I think that line in particular, take all of the state funding, may have caught some folks off guard. And so if we had to do over again, we'd probably say would allow parents to have access to some of that funding. Uh, because every, as you as you know, Melissa, every education savings account proposal or school choice proposal is different. Some of them would say part of that money. Some of them may say a quarter of that money. Some of them may say not of that, not any of that money, and maybe it's a different pot of money. Um, so I think that in particular, uh, we could have asked uh, differently, and and that might have influenced the results. Still, the results were still in support of that, 47% to 40. Uh, but I think the the fact that the 40% was so high. Uh, caught me off guard a, a little bit. I think the other thing, Melissa, um, that really kind of changed our perception and changed what what we think we have to do as an organization uh, is going back to that 35% never heard of school choice number. I mean, we, I, I think I and others wrongly assumed that that folks knew about the issue. Um, I think now what what we have to do, and I think what the responsibility of a lawmaker is if they're going to introduce uh, a proposal like this is explain what it means is explain what education choice means so that people understand it because there's a lot of folks who don't absolutely and it's going to be such a hot topic this legislative session regardless yeah. of what bills end up getting introduced uh it, one of the other questions i had about the way questions are worded and and the results that you got with the questions that you had. Uh, some of the questions were worded in ways that maybe didn't touch on the potential effects of a policy proposal or the big picture. The um, question on income tax, for example, mentions that other Western states have lower income tax rates, but it doesn't talk about the full tax picture with right. sales tax or property tax. Um, it, it doesn't talk about that overall tax burden. Do you think that a, a differently worded question would have changed the support for additional income tax decreases or, you know, in a state like Idaho, are tax cuts going to be popular regardless? Well, I think tax cuts are, are popular regardless. <laughs> I mean, you ask uh, folks uh, across the political spectrum uh, what they think, and the, everybody says, I'd love to pay lower taxes. Now, you're you're exactly right. If you, if you look at the details of uh, the state budget, for instance, and how much comes from income tax and how much comes from sales tax uh, and other types of taxes and fees. It's a huge chunk. So it has uh, obviously has a huge impact. I think the point that we were trying to make is that if Idaho stays at a 5.8% rate, it risks falling behind some of these other states and losing its competitive advantage that it has. So for instance, Utah and Arizona, which are two of the states that we mentioned, uh, just recently lowered their uh, rates. In fact, Arizona's lowered theirs to 2.5%. And so you might say, well, Arizona's different than than Idaho, and it certainly is. But I think the point is that we that we constantly see is that states that have lower income tax rates or have no income tax, um, no income taxes, actually have a, a better chance of of coming out of an economic recession on the other end in better shape because they're not depending on income taxes uh, for, for revenue. And they're also rated high, uh, higher by uh, uh, different economic uh, magazines and different economic bureaus to say, okay, this state is in better fiscal position than some of the other states. Plus the fact that it's a huge uh, competitive advantage. If you can go to a business 
that's thinking about locating in Idaho and bringing hundreds of jobs to Idaho and say, look, we have a low income tax rate and here's here's what you'll pay. Uh, sometimes those businesses will say, hey, you know, maybe Idaho is the place we need to go. Um, so I know that's a long way of answering the question, but I just think that um, that was our 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 goal and our point. Uh, we will be coming out with a study here in the next week or so that talks about ways that we can responsibly lower the income tax rate by tying it to revenue triggers, which is what some of the other states are doing, uh, such as Massachusetts and, and a few others. But but bottom line, uh, yeah, the tax numbers um, or the tax uh, results in that in that polling were were interesting to say the least. Other than the questions I asked, what sort of feedback have you gotten in the three or four weeks since the survey's been out? Well, we've had a lot of good feedback from legislators, um, which is exactly what we were trying to do. I mean, we we wanted to give legislators kind of this guide of what the what the citizens are thinking. And we've been very transparent, as you know, with with the uh, release of the poll and where the numbers were coming from and the party affiliation and everything. Our goal is to basically put this information into the hands of you, Melissa, and, and citizens and, and lawmakers so that um, you all have the information and they have the information they need to make good public policy decisions. Um, I don't think it helps to to, to do a poll and keep it private or, or to only pick and choose. Our goal is to make sure that we we put out the information and, then, and that we hired a good company to do it. And I think GS Strategy Group has a great reputation. Uh, obviously, this was not um, WP, or excuse me, Mountain States Policy Center making the um, making the, the the poll. This was uh, GS Strategy Group going out and asking Idahoans what they thought, and and hopefully this will help detail um, and influence the legislative session. In addition to those survey results, you also have come out with legislative priorities for the 2023 session. What are the highlights? Yeah, and some of those highlights uh, were a direct results uh, of, of the polls and what we heard from citizens in that poll. So again, if you wanna read our 10 recommendations for the upcoming legislative session, you can uh, go to mountainstatespolicy.org and just click on research. Uh, but once you're there, you'll see some of the recommendations that we're making on trying to expand some school choice options, some education choice options in the state. Uh, and the main reason for that is because they improve outcomes. We've seen it time and time again in other states. And our main priority, Melissa, and, and what is in our strategic plan and, and what you will always hear us say is, what is the, what is the uh, policy, the education policy that can improve the most amount of outcomes? And what we've seen in some of the other states that have tried more choice options is that those have improved outcomes, not only for the folks participating in the program, but also for the public schools in general. Uh, the Public School Transparency Act is something that we think is really important. This would require the public schools to print on the very first page of their budgets how much they're spending, how much they're spending per student, where the money's coming from, how much they're paying their teachers and administrators. I mean, if you, as you know, Melissa, if you've ever tried to read a school district budget, it's like reading Chinese. I mean, you don't understand it because there's so many different funds and transfers and this and that. Again, if you're just the average citizen and you want to know what your school district is doing, it's hard to track. And so what we have suggested is putting on the front page of your budget just these key data points that we can say, okay, this is what my school district has or doesn't have, and this is what it needs. Um, I mentioned tying the state income tax rate to triggers, which we'll be releasing 
here in the next week or so. Um, requiring government meetings to be live streamed is really important to us. We are big proponents of transparency and open government, and there should be no reason whatsoever that all government meetings are not live streamed. I mean, we all have the capability now post COVID via Zoom uh, to record things um, and there should be no excuses for not doing that. And then reforming uh, emergency powers and legislative oversight. This will be an ongoing topic of discussion, obviously not only here in Idaho, but in other states as well. And the ballooning cost of Medicaid in Idaho is a big, big issue and something we think uh, legislators really need to uh, take a closer look at. We are certainly going to be looking into all of those topics this session, especially school choice. We could talk for two hours just about that and <laughs> yes, barely scratch can. the surface. Uh, Chris Cargill, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks, Melissa. And thank you for listening. Idaho Reports will have live coverage of the inauguration for the state's constitutional officers on Friday, January 6th at noon Mountain Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Idaho Public Television. We'll also have live coverage of Governor Brad Little's 2023 State of the State Address. That's at 1 p.m. Mountain Time, noon Pacific on Monday, January 9th on Idaho Public Television. Idaho Reports airs Friday nights at 8 p.m. And make sure you check out our online content throughout the week as the legislative session gets going. You'll find it all at IdahoPTV.org slash Idaho Reports. Presentation of Idaho Reports on Idaho Public Television is made possible through the generous support of the Laura Moore Cunningham Foundation, committed to fulfilling the Moore and Bettis family legacy of building the great state of Idaho. By the Friends of Idaho Public Television and by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Hi, I'm Marcia Franklin, the producer and host of Dialogue. For more than 25 years, we've been bringing you conversations that matter. More than 150 of those conversations are with writers, and now you can take them with you wherever you go, while you're walking, around the house, or in the car. Just search for Dialogue with Marcia Franklin on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms, and remember to subscribe so that new shows download automatically. Enjoy.